circus out here, we're wobbling on a wire. There's a lady with a beard, clowns juggling fire. Elephants and donkeys got us jumping through hoops. Y'all wish that I was lying, but you know that is the truth. Get your popcorn ready and pour you something strong. If the world's still spinning, the shit show goes on. Hi, this is Steve Sharp, and welcome to another episode of the Trouble Brewing Podcast. Today, we're coming to you from Emerald Republic Brewing on Government Street here in Pensacola. They've been open a couple years now, and uh, this is a... this is a resilient operation here. They've uh, they've been through uh, a couple of a couple of mishaps here. I think it was about two years ago. They had a uh, small tornado come by and completely take off the roof to the uh, to the facility, and they pretty much had to come in and rebuild everything. But the uh, the owner Phil Zias has uh, uh, busted his butt here for a few years now and has a really good operation going. They have some really good beer here, and they're actually doing retail now. Uh, Phil is here today, but they're busy brewing some more beer. And then also they have the uh, Rustic Spoon food truck out front, which provides some uh, some uh, real tasty food. So whenever you get a chance, be sure to come by and uh, buy some beer from Phil and uh, some food from out front and uh, support our, uh, our local uh, breweries and our local uh, food trucks. Uh, today, my guest is my uh, favorite... British expat, Jeremy Clark. How you doing? I'm good, Steve. Thank yeah. you, sir, for letting me on in your fine country. Yes, 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 yeah. And and you survived our, our independence from Britain celebration a few weeks ago. Did, did you have to go? Do you go into a safe space for that 24-hour period? If anyone is listening to this, every single July 4th, he does the same thing. He attacks <laughs> me with his... <clears throat> his racist taunts when in fact he knows all too well that it was the Brits who wrote the end the, the constitution for you people uh, and I, no, I would like a little no. bit more gratitude please sir no no they, they, they were not Brits they had declared their independence by then they were still British uh, it yeah. was a British civil war it was a British civil war it was war. okay yeah, and Britain lost. And Britain won. And Americans won. But all right, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Detail. We we can get into the geopolitics later on, but glad to have you here. Uh, I actually met Jeremy uh, back during the campaign. Uh, he has a background in marketing uh, in Britain, and uh, he is friends with a uh, another good friend of mine. Colonel Dave Glassman, who I had on a few weeks ago to talk about one of the uh, talk about a hero and the Freedom Quest and all the stuff uh, he does to uh, to support the vets in this area, and he was recently recognized. Colonel Glassman was uh, by Channel Three, correct? For and what exactly was uh, I forget what the official title of the recognition is. I believe every uh, month they honor a particular um, individual who uh, has delivered outstanding service to the veteran community. Okay. In which he definitely deserves that. Absolutely. Uh, Dave works hard at that. So do you. And uh, I know uh, you guys do a lot of good 
you know, a lot of good stuff around here. He absolutely does. I mean, the guy spends six days a week if his lady will let him um, gets up at some stupid hour go works out and then he's on the phone or doing things for vets and he has been doing for the past 13 years the guy is a, a mensch he's incredible right, right so so what is your I, I know you have a marketing background from Britain but can you go into that in a little bit of detail no <laughs> okay it's been a good show <laughs> um yeah, I have a, a, a mixed background. Uh, I, I started out as a kid wanting to escape my, my wicked stepmother, and I, um, I joined the Air Force <coughs> wanting to, uh, to fly away, uh, literally, and I, uh, I got my uh, gliding wings when I was like 16, and I got my single engine rating just before my 17th birthday, and then I was going to head into the... I was doing a little bit of... Uh, jet air experience flights and the uh, the wing commander um, uh, after I'd vomited on on the back of his head and, and blacked <laughs> out because I get these TIA things said this man will never fly one of my airplanes again and um, I, I my dad bought me out of my commission and then I went into into advertising uh, but strangely I went into an advertising agency that handled military recruitment and first responder recruitment okay. and actually did a lot of government business it was sort of like a, a, a secret <laughs> government PR company really um, so I went out of the military back into it in another way and then I jumped so, so I, I, I worked for the British Army and I worked for the, the Metropolitan Police for many years um, and then I joined a reserve uh, unit uh, army unit um, and did a deployment in, in Northern Ireland. But apart from that, I, I then continued in advertising, then got into consulting, which is basically telling other people what to do without doing any work yourself. So that was perfect for me. Uh, I, uh, I, I did a, a coaching course with uh, Tony Robbins, so I can patronize as well now. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I've worked uh, in a bunch of places, of, uh, Los Angeles, um, San Francisco, Chicago, Baltimore. Spent a lot of time in New York, maybe 20 years in New York. Um, came to this country in 1995. Uh, and I've lived in China, I've lived in New Zealand, I've lived in Australia, um, all over Europe. So I've got a, a, a fairly, I don't know if you call it a global view, but I've, I've, I've led a number of different lives and um, you know when I, I came here in um, February of uh, 2020 when the um, what are we what are we calling this thing is it the, is, the is COVID it? ridiculousness is what I call it yeah, yeah. There, there are other less kind names yeah. for it <laughs> but um, one of Dave Glassman's um, companies one of the partners in one of his companies had, had called me up through a mutual friend and said we, we we need some help in our company can you please come down and, and, and have a talk and so I, I came down I had to look up where Pensacola was I had no idea where it was yeah. and then on the map it seems very very close to Alabama it, it is and, and I've seen deliverance <laughs> And I'm used to people coming from the north of England with no teeth. And, you know, I'm familiar with 
all of the rather scary things that happen in very very rural locations mm -hmm. with animals and you know we have gators down there yep <laughs> no i meant with sort of relations with them and, oh, and, and okay. you know um, okay. <laughs> incest and stuff so i was a little bit scared when i when i came down here mm -hmm. um and i had my 10-day assignment and then on about day eight the chinese virus or whatever you want to call it hit and so i couldn't i wasn't able to get back into the state of new york so i stayed another week and another week <laughs> And another week, and I had no idea what was happening. I just was, you know, my lease was being renewed on the place that I was staying, and after a while, it was a month. Right. And then another. It's now been three and a half years. I still have out-of-date New York plates on my on my truck. Okay. The, you, you probably shouldn't say that out loud. No, I mean it, 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 the car's off the road. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it is. It is, um, and I've been stopped <laughs> enough times to keep it off the road. Yeah. Um, but what what shocked me, and the reason why I stayed for for two reasons really. One was the the, the veteran community, because when I left the UK and when I left service, if you if you were a, a mid-ranking officer, uh, you you retired back to where your parents lived in a country home, and you were an upper-class twit, mm -hmm. and you just carry on, and you'd be a former major or captain or something. And if you enlisted. Um, you took up drinking and sat by the side of the road and there was kind of nothing else and there was certainly nothing like the the support systems for vets that there are here nothing like I mean it's n night and day and and the the resilience and the knitted togetherness of the veteran community and and the first responder community uh, I, I just thought was phenomenal and and Dave Glassman and, and, and Lee Stuckey's mission of, of trying to reduce veteran suicide and you know I've had my ups and downs and so this is a, a, a subject very very dear to my heart um, what they're doing I, I thought was just incredible in addition to which the people here and bear in mind I had 20 years in New York right mm -hmm. so you get up in the morning you go to go get your morning coffee and you will have three or four altercations between your apartment and where you're going to get coffee and someone will have tried to kill you by you know ramming you with a car or a mad <laughs> democrat cyclist will have just completely cut you off and and you know all sorts of things will happen so your heart rate will have rocketed and um so you actually you got decaffeinated coffee <laughs> <laughs> but it's there's nothing easy about you know you're on constant alert you know i was in a nice part in, 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 in Brooklyn but it's you cannot sleep properly because the there's noise there's always always noise or sirens mm -hmm. there's always light there's ambient light from the street lighting someone you know the power company will decide they need to do some urgent repairs at 3 a.m. Mm -hmm. and they floodlight the whole thing or they'll just dig up you know when, when I left they were digging up the whole of the street and it stayed like that for two years <laughs> on 6th Avenue it's like it's like this massive channel. It's like they're, they're digging a moat around my apartment, you know, the, 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 the block. Um, and I used to get these, these TIAs, these transient ischemic attacks, which got me out of the Air Force. And I would probably have about two a month. Since Jeez. I've been down here, I've had about four in total. 
uh, just because it's the stress it's level is lower way lower I mean yeah. it, it took me a while to acclimate because you people don't drive very well no, no offense you, you and I'm sure when, when it gets rainy people don't know quite what to do because they've yes. got to put down the phone and their soda and their popcorn and their child and their whatever else they, and and so you know I got into some trouble early on with because people wait about more than quarter of a second for the lights to change and that means you have to get on your horn and scream that's that's the law in, in New York and down here you people are a little more polite plus you're all carrying so that's, that's not yes, that's not a are. smart thing to do yeah. well no the reason why you wait after the light turns green because if you don't you're going to get hit by somebody that's blown through a red light that's no that's self-preservation <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm all on board with that if I'm at the front of the line, it turns green. I wait a second. I literally look both ways, make sure nobody's blowing through the intersection, and then then I go. So fair enough. I, I, I do that too. But no, I, on, on a serious note, uh, I, I think, and as I said, I, I've lived in a in a number of places around around the world, and by lived, I mean stayed there for more than six nine months. Right. Uh, I have never come across. A more amazing community than than, than here in, in in Pensacola and Gulf Breeze and you know, to the east and west. It is still strange for me to go into a into a grocery store and to have people be nice to you. I mean, it, it honestly is. It's people are so kind. They let you out into traffic and stuff, and they're just friendly. You meet someone in the morning, they say good morning, and still the New Yorker in me wants to go. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> But what are you what are you trying to start <laughs> you want to fight yeah. and it's it's just astonishing and and i think it's i mean i'm sure there are other pockets around the country that are like this but i i've never come across one not even my, my sister used to live in in atlanta she now lives in, in in south carolina but even there you could say it's just the south it's not just the south there is something about this part of the world there's something about these people the amalgam of the way they behave and this being the congressional district with the greatest percentage of of former military mm -hmm. that matters that really really matters and i think that impacts the way people behave it impacts the way people bring up their children and their grandchildren and and how they respect people and it's in a way it's like you're back in the 70s or the 50s there's a there's a sense of a proper behavior that you mm -hmm. certainly don't find in the uk because the uk is now the uk you've got to understand is half the size of florida okay so the uk would fit into florida twice mm -hmm. and yet the uk has almost a quarter of the population of the whole of the u.s so you've got a quarter of the population smushed into half of Florida. That's what the UK is. It's very, very, uh, you know, dense. You can't right. move anywhere. So yeah. the, the idea of having a lot of land, it's not going to happen. And it affects, I think, the, the you know, the, the way in which you, you, you get annoyed or you get impassioned about something. And, and if I have a criticism, I'll come back to criticism in a minute, but I, I think there's a... I think this is a really, really special place, and I know this is one of the things that you were you were running on um, uh, for, for for mayor, and we had we come up with this word for you 
that described, in our opinion, what was required and all of the things that summed you up as a human that you've done throughout your life in terms of having been a first responder, having been a deputy, having run school systems, been every single bit of your, your career has been about protecting. And, and right now, I think we're in a very interesting time here where more and more people are coming into this part of the world, coming to Pensacola, coming to Gulf Breeze, and why wouldn't they, right? Mm -hmm. We've got the most ridiculously beautiful beaches. We've got pretty damn good weather. It's a very, very, very nice place to live, unless you're an architect, because the architecture's terrible, sorry. <laughs> there's a few other things. I mean, there's an opera house, all sorts of things. But it's, it's developing, and you know, not very long ago, I understand Pensacola was a slightly gnarly place, and you wouldn't want to go down Palafox. And it's, it's a very young city for the oldest city in, in, in the country, right? because right? of the revitalization. Yeah, right. Correct. But I think managing the growth is, is going to be really massively important and protecting the things that make this place special and that, you know, people like me who come in from New York, we don't bring our New Yorkiness with us. We adapt to, to what's happening here. And I, I really think there's a danger with all of the things that are going on in the world, all the the subtle uh, pressures that are, that are hitting us all, whether they're from education or you know, Black Lives Matter and all the, all the trans stuff going on, that common sense prevails. And I'm Jewish, and I've, been, I've gotten to go to a, a, a church in, in uh, Gulf Breeze, High Point Church, run by um, Pastor, Pastor Sean York. And it's the first time I've been to a church where, you know, I always used to feel if you went to church, there'll be someone at the pulpit saying, you are a sinner, you must mm -hmm. confess, you are bad. I'm, yeah. going, I'm eight years old, how can I be a, right. how can I be a sinner? But yeah. he storytells and he makes it very uh, relevant to what's actually going on in the world. And, and it's, it's probably risky for a pastor to make comment on what's happening in the world because they don't want to push too far. He, do, he doesn't push too far, but he's got the courage of his convictions and he's bringing together a, a you know an amazing group of people in his church in this community and again this is so much about the power of this community and i think i think this is a blueprint i really mean this i think this is a blueprint for the rest of the country if everybody behaved in the rest of the country the way they do here and i'm sure people here will be as as accommodating of a of a of a Republican as they would of a, of, a, of a Democrat. I mean, I realize it's a fairly Republican area, but mm. nobody's silly here. And when, when the COVID thing was on, you, you didn't walk into a Walmart and people were bulk buying toilet paper and things silly. They were being respectful. They'd take a couple and, you know, do us proper behavior. And it's, I think you only, you only sometimes realize the value of something when it's been taken away from you. And I hope we as Pensacolans understand that in order to do that you have to get involved you've got to get your fingers dirty a little bit and you cannot assume that someone else will do it because those someone else's will be politicians who may or may not have links with particular whatever real estate developer people and so it will go a certain way if we all sit back and, and one of my criticisms 
of Americans in general and, and people down here is that we are, I say we, I'm, you know, I'm, I've been here 28 years and change. Um, I consider myself American. We get, we get fat and we get lazy and we get apathetic mm -hmm. and it's all good. Why should I rock the boat? Because, you know, we're in this wonderful brewery now. It is, is a great outside area. This is a wonderful wonderful place this is one of my favorite places to, to hang out it's just so chill it's so beautifully designed mm -hmm. food's great as you said um, very good deals on wine mm -hmm. which is good if you're Jewish and so an you're drinking wine at a brewery though because they don't have yingling I guess <laughs> so so little side story I believe it was the first time we met we were at Seville it was first or second time we were at Seville to meet Dave was there Elizabeth, Angela, we were having a little campaign meeting. And you get there, and you ask if they have any good beers. It's like, yeah, and I think they had Space Dust at that time. Uh, and I said, yeah, usually they have a couple IPAs. I'm going to get a Space Dust. And uh, you went up to the bar, and you came back with a Yingling. And I was like, I thought you wanted a good beer. <laughs> Not that Yingling is bad, but, you know. I thought you wanted an actual craft beer. All right, but I, I don't have a beard. And I think in order to enjoy craft no. beer, you have to have a beard. And you used to have to drive an old Volkswagen and now maybe a Subaru. I've never really got into the, to the upper echelons of craft beer. I just don't like Bud Light and all these other kind of things. So I just meant above Bud Light yeah, okay. and all the... Well, other. it's just that you asked for a good beer. All right, all right, all right. You are, you, you're educating me. Thank yes, you. Thank I you, am. sir. I am, but it's okay. Uh, going back, uh, so you worked for Land Rover for a while, correct? You ran their marketing or advertising, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly? Yeah. Um, okay. We had a... Uh, now, does Land Rover, do they sell Priuses? Is that where Priuses make? Audience, he's being rude. <laughs> He's being rude and racist. <laughs> no, that has got nothing to do with Priuses. Uh, we started with Land Rover in about 1985, and they had a. They were getting actually attacked by Toyota and a bunch of other cheap Japanese and whatever uh, competitors that had luxury items that a Land Rover didn't have. And by luxury item, I mean things like carpet. A radio, yeah. a heater that works. Air conditioning. No, no, no air conditioning. Uh, don't don't okay. be silly. This was the UK in the 80s. Uh, okay, no yeah. air conditioning. Okay. And so we needed to establish um, the credentials, the core of what Land Rover was, which was it can go anywhere, um, mm -hmm. much more so than a Jeep. Sorry, Dean. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we, we did this, this ad featuring a, a Land Rover driving up the side of a dam and wrote the, this tagline, the best 4x4 four by, four by far, and that lived on for, for, for quite a while. And it's very useful for dragging Jeeps out of the mud. Okay. Uh, I, I, like, I like Land Rovers. I'm, I can't afford one now. Because <laughs> they charge too much for them. So. Yeah. yeah, but I, I, I had the pleasure of working um, at, the, at the tail end of, uh, of Margaret Thatcher's um, uh, conservative team, so that was a that was quite a that was quite a fun time, and it was a 
there was a time when I was drinking a lot um, and doing other things and I because of the the danger when this was at Saatchi and Saatchi and there were the creative people were less reliable than the business people so if if they gave us silly cars and too much money we were sort of watched a little bit but right. we also got given a a card from from Charles Saatchi who ran Saatchi and Saatchi and it was his number and the the deal was if you got in trouble you, you'd hand over this this card <laughs> and there was one and I'll, this is a, against myself <clears throat> I had a, uh, a Ferrari and I was very drunk and I had the, the roof off of the Ferrari and I drove drunkenly through a hedge into a low pond in Regent's Park in central London, music blaring and I heard the wow 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 the cops arrived mm -hmm. and I saw this guy who's rubbing his hands in glee. He had a young idiot in a flash car, obviously very drunk or stoned or whatever. Yeah. And he was, you know, he was so happy. He yeah. was cracking his knuckles. And he got to me and I could, you know, barely speak, but I, I handed this card and said, you've got to call this guy. And he disappeared and he called him. And he was not pleased when he came back. Right. Because he had to drive my car back to my house. And so I got put in a squad car and taken home. No charges. Yeah. Because if anyone had from the, the Thatcher team had, you know. So you guys were actually working for Margaret Thatcher at the time? Yeah, yeah and then okay. they didn't want that to hit the well, yeah. the press. Yeah. I mean, it, it was the most wonderful time. The 80s, I'm sorry, you people, if you missed it, it was the most fun time. Yeah, it was fun. So it, it definitely was. So was that right before you came to the U.S.? No. I came to the U.S. in 95. That was uh, mid-80s. Okay. Did you work on any other political campaigns besides Thatcher's over there? No. Did you work? Have you worked on any other campaigns here besides uh, political mine? campaigns? Yeah. Um, we are working for a, a gentleman running for public office um, called Aaron Williams, Major Aaron Williams. Um, very, very good dude, um, and he actually has a, uh, a tagline, but. Um, uh, it's it's it is possible here, which plays to what we were what we we're talking about. Right. But we have this this closing door, I think, of opportunity of time mm -hmm. to to realize how wonderful this place is, and to actively protect it, all of us, rather than just the, the folks in office, and that we cannot. Well, anyway, so yes. Where is he running? Um, he is running for, I believe, uh, County Commissioner for District 2, I think. Oh, here locally? Yeah. Okay, okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah, good, good but dude. we're you not quite into the political season, so. No, no, it's his uh, early, early stages of it, but uh, we should, you should have him on. He's a, he's a yeah. good dude. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll get his contact info. So, uh, Marine Corps? He is... Army, I believe. Army. Okay. He and his wife, they're both, there's a, they're both majors. Okay. Although she got her promotion before him. <laughs> I'm sure she doesn't hold that over his head. So. <laughs> well, I assume he's retired if he's running for office. Yes, they're yeah. both retired. Oh, okay. okay. But, but very, very, very cool power couple. Very, okay. very yeah. cool people. 
We'll definitely have to uh, get in touch with them. Uh, so you you were talking about Pensacola, you know, the uniqueness of it, and I, I think it does have a lot to do with the military population here. Uh, that's how my family ended up here when I was six, and a good portion of this area, they're here because of the military. And I think because of that, I mean, you definitely have your old school Pensacola families here, but you have so many other people coming in, and I think because of that, you don't have a lot of, you know, you, you don't have a, I don't want to say a class system, but you don't have a lot of cliques. Because as a military kid, I know, you know, you transfer every two to four years. And wherever you go, when you go to that school, you got to go in and make friends. And you can't go in there and have an attitude. It just won't work. Hmm. And I think that plays into it a lot. Uh, I think that was a good point. Yeah, I mean, it's, <clears throat> it's uh, again, it, it's, a, it's almost like an old fashion thing and and again if i if i contrast this with um somewhere else i've lived which is uh cape town south africa and and a couple of kids out there the 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 the, the level of entitlement and attachment to instagram account is just it's just through the roof i mean it's 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 painful to to watch the accounts the things that they Mm-hmm. And and this this yeah this sense of entitlement that it is everywhere of course and it and it's here, but I think the um, yeah the, the the things that are, are are thrown at you as as either active duty or, or or kids of military being you know deployed wherever um, really gives you some some growing up pretty quickly and and turns you into a you know a young lady or a young gentleman pretty early on because you have no option right right and I, I you know it's like it's you know these little plastic things that you put on saplings to help them grow straight right they go that way you, you, you've got to have those early years I and mean, what's the phrase uh, show me the the boy at seven i'll show you the man yeah and that that upbringing is is you know so incredibly important and it doesn't doesn't seem like it at the time because you can get you can be a parent that kind of wants to be, you want to buy your kid's friendship, if you will. I need these sneakers, I need that, I need mm-hmm. that, I want to do this, I need to go out, and you know, I need to stay out till midnight, and I'm only nine, and all the other kids are doing it, and if you don't have that discipline, if it has, it's not been ingrained in you through you know, law enforcement or through, through the military, it's, it, you know, things just slide, it becomes a sort of slippery slope, and before you know it, you've got a, an out of control, rude, uh, groundless young person not knowing what to do and and I look around at some of the kids of, of the friends of mine now and I'm going wow these are extraordinary human beings these are like really polite well-rounded mm-hmm. uh, grown-up kids even if they're only like 12 13 14 going, wow. yeah they're great people well my dad retired as an e9 a master chief from the Navy and so that military influence definitely rubbed off on me. You know, I, I, I knew how to behave. <laughs> and, you know, if I didn't behave, I, I realized there were going to be repercussions for it. So that, that definitely rubbed off on me. So what were your thoughts on the political process here? 
in regard to the campaign. And I'm talking in general. Your, your campaign? Or well, yeah, the, the, yeah. My campaign, the campaign for mayor, but just you would have been involved in, in Thatcher's campaign. And I know running for mayor in Pensacola is not near the same level, but just what, what were your thoughts on the political process here? If that makes sense. You really want me to say this? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, this is called trouble brewing, so, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I <clears throat> you, you, you hear things about some of the, of the candidates, and, and um, I, I don't like to uh, form an opinion of, of someone um, before I, 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 you know, I mean, I, I don't want to take someone else's word for it. I want to make right. them experience right. them. So there are a bunch of the, the politicians here that I don't know very well. Uh, I've, I've gotten to meet um, Michelle Salzman a few times, mm -hmm. and I hear good things and bad things about her. What I've experienced about her, uh, her is that she shows up, mm -hmm. and she shows up to our... PVSON, the Pensacola Veteran Support Organization, um, run by the great Lori Milkaris out of UWF. She will, she will be there. She's always engaged, and you know, she has her friends and her enemies. Um, and and I have some friends who are not on her side, but from my experience, she's she shows up mm -hmm. and she sort of does what she says she's going to do. And and again, there are lots of names I know about. But there will always be a, a bit of a an old boys network, and if you're uh, an older family, then you're going to have ties. And, and mm -hmm. if I was that person, I'd probably use my ties too. Right. I think the difference that I would um, I would say between Europe and and here is that the Europeans get really, really, really pissed. And so if something's not going right, they will go and um, attack the mayor's house or they'll go and burn things in the street or like they will protest. Like what's going on in France right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think it's partly because it's like a tinderbox and, and you've got so many people smushed into a relatively small space. And they're bringing in all the migrants. Absolutely. They've got <laughs> so many pressures yeah. from yeah. all around yeah. and, and they... It impacts them a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I think we're so isolated here, and, and really, we just don't give a crap. And I think some some maybe good politicians can get elected for the wrong reasons, and and, and, and vice versa. So my the answer to your question is: I think we as as voters are asleep, mm -hmm. and I think we I don't want us to get to a place where the slide has gone so far and then it's too late to do much about it if, if you know you could look at the the virtual world and, and this metaverse thing and and ai and if if and again i'm talking about a, a national thing rather than a local thing here but if if the stipulations aren't put in place as to how this is used and how it goes into the school and how detached our kids can get from from physical you know reality and talking mm -hmm. to people face to face and hanging out with them not only without their screens but now 
lost in their own little world with mm. their headphones and their, and their whatever you call it, the visor. They're completely lost, and there's an in, there's an engrossing world in there that they can do all kinds of things mm -hmm. that you as a parent have got nothing, you know, no knowledge of. Right. You couldn't even begin to have knowledge because you, you you're not 12, and you, you're not going to climb into that world. You don't know how to to police it, to regulate it. So, the the, the most relevant, I say, answer to to your question is. I think we need to start taking accountability. I think it's too easy. And there was a politician out in Pace somewhere who made a comment about uh, Jewing people down. Mm -hmm. I think his name was Sam Parker. Mm -hmm. um, and I found that a little bit strange. I'm not going to say offensive because mm -hmm. offensive is like a Democrat word. And I don't really right. get offended. Right. But I just thought that was tacky and unnecessary. And his apology didn't. They don't, they don't feel like mm, proper politicians, if you will. That, I mean, I just, I, but the other thing about being a politician, and I know this is something that was big in, in, in your heart, is that a politician is paid for by you and me. Right. They work for us. Yeah, and I would for love, people. love yeah. to hear a politician say, you guys in the audience, you're my bosses. I work for you. And I'm right. going to act and talk and behave like I work for you rather than I'm this mm -hmm. big cheese and I will show up main, you know to a to a um, you know opening of the bridge maybe as a gift to all you guys but it's it, I think this again one, one of the one of the wonderful things about this this area is this sense of service mm -hmm. which you obviously have in your blood and you have had all, all your life and you I don't know if you can teach that I think that's something that's instilled in you at a young age by, by your parents, by your, yes. your environment. Yeah. I don't think you can suddenly learn service. And, and I, I think, so the answer is, I think it's up to us. We cannot be as apathetic as we have been because the world is changing massively quickly. And this beautiful place is, is under threat, I think, from possibly politicians with probably good intentions who may be tied to things that aren't quite so good. Right, right. Um, that was diplomatic for me. <laughs> hey, but that's why you were in advertising, right? Um, do you need to refill your uh, wine? I'm not drinking wine, Steve. Oh, okay. Whatever that liquid <laughs> is. No, you know, there's an old saying that uh, all politics are local. And I've always believed that to be true. And one thing I talked about when I was running for mayor is I was out walking around, knocking on doors, and just going to different meetings and stuff like that. 95% of the people in this city, they might come downtown once or twice a year to go to gallery night or go to a show at the Sanger or something like that. But as far as what's going on downtown, they really don't know and they really don't care. They want to make sure their garbage is picked up. They want to make sure they have good roads. They want to make sure the parks are clean and safe for their kids. And if they call 911, they want the police department or fire department to show up. Besides that, they go to work every day, you know, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. Most of them, they come home, work in the yard on Saturday, Sunday, they go to church, they cook out. But they aren't really involved in, you know, the, the downtown stuff, the development stuff. If they're driving down by you and they see a new... Burger King being built, they're like, oh, 
another stupid, you know, burger. Yeah, I mean, but that's about it. But they aren't really paying attention to what's going on. And I think that plays into what you were talking about in the bigger picture. You know, all this AI stuff, a lot, most people aren't paying attention to what's going on in, in, in the city, but even in Washington, D.C., and what's going on in the world. You know, they might get a, you know, a, on the way to work or on the way home, they might catch a little bit of the news. They might hear the headlines. You know, they get a 15, 30-second headline. And that's where they might see the evening news while they're cooking dinner. Mm. But that's all they're getting, you know. They aren't paying attention. They aren't looking any deeper into what's going on. And I, I, don't, I don't know how you change that. I don't know that you can. Because especially now, there is so much going on right now. It's hard, and I pay attention. You know, I follow a number of news sources, and you know, both on the left and the right. And there's just so much going on out there. It's hard to keep up with it. So I, and once again, going back, so bringing that back to my question to you about local politics, I think it's hard to to get the people engaged. And you know, I I lost in the primary. You know, I didn't even make it to the general. Um, you know, the first round of voting is when we lost. And, uh, and it was a small turnout, a very small percentage of the, of the population of the city. Yeah, no one cares. Decided who the mayor is going to be for the next four years. Right. Because during the, you know, the prime, it's, it's during the summer because it was August something. So, you know, everybody's been on vacation for the summer. They're getting ready to go back to school. It's hot as heck out. And, uh, you know, it, it's hard to get them engaged, which is really, it's kind of sad. Uh, I don't know that there's a, there's a fix to it. Though. Well, I, I, I think the, the, the fix doesn't need to come from the politician. Politicians are going to be whoever they are. And right, right. My dad used to have this, uh, this little saying above his desk, which was, you will get the lowest standards you are prepared to accept. Mm -hmm. So at what point will you say no? For, I mean, again, in New York, my daughter was there, a whole bunch of friends there. You were told to wear a mask. You were told you couldn't leave your apartment building. You were told you could not eat out. You were told all these things. Right. Yeah. And we go along with it. Mm -hmm. And it happens so gradually. It's like the, the frog jump the two frogs one that jumps into a pot of warm water i'm, I'm sorry ju ju jumps into a pot of boiling hot water it goes ah it's boiling hot and jumps out right the other frog that jumps into a pot of warm water which is gently warmed up and that frog will boil to death and we i mean it was an incredible you know piece of observation to look at what we would put up with during mm -hmm. that that time right we were being asked to do ridiculous things you couldn't attend your your father's or grandmother's funeral you're being told by the state and if we were saying you know well let's if, if we learned that the chinese were doing that and we weren't we go wow that's ridiculous how could no chinese government do that it's so oppressive mm -hmm. but we well as humans will just get to absorb all this stuff we are the frogs in the warm water being heated up and we will that prove to us that 
that there's, we will take all manner of crap and we won't do anything about it because we're lazy, apathetic, sorry. We are fat <laughs> mentally and physically. We are, right, we, right. We, we don't, we're not prepared to sacrifice. And this again comes back to the military and to the service. And when people say, you know, thank you for your service, I want to strangle them and go, let's call it thank you for your sacrifice. Because yes, you serve, but you had to leave your, your, your family for months and months on end. Mm -hmm. or if you're a submariner, you've got to go down into a little metal coffin for 90 days on, on end. And the sacrifice, you know, that is a big part of, of, of what I think um, will, will maintain a healthy society, that you are prepared to sacrifice, that you are prepared to give stuff up. You say, well, I need to go and do that. I've got to get my nails done. I've got to go my head. I want to do this. Start with the service and the sacrifice. And I realize that there are lots and lots of moms and dads that have to do that and take their kids all over the country for swim meets and athletic meets and football meets, all that kind of stuff. But I think overall, we are, we are not of the... If everyone went through the military, I'd be really freaking happy, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think... Uh, I, I like the... Uh, what they have in Israel, where you are compelled to serve at yep. least two years. Yep. And even if it's not the... Mil I, I think there's a lot more options here in the U.S. I mean, but I think you should be compelled to serve in something, either the military, law enforcement, fire department, EMS, something like that. And I don't even think it should be school teachers. I, th I think it should be something where, like you're talking talking about sacrificing, where you're actually, you're putting yourself in a situation where you're, you're, you're putting yourself at risk for your community and your country. Because I think that gives you a much, uh, much better appreciation for the country. I think also that you, you learn the the value of, of working as a team. Well, yeah. working as a crew. Yeah, there, there's a lot of benefits to it. Yeah, but yeah. and and a lot of the talking to um, Niels Anderson of, of Vet CV this morning and um, looking at a, at a client coming into his his company and again talking about this this sense of 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 camaraderie that so many of the vets miss desperately mm -hmm. when they when they transition out of the military and you're working in a regular job and the person next to you is not absolutely committed to you and to the work they're mm -hmm. doing and a veteran cannot understand that Right. You go, what, right. what do you mean you want to go on strike? What do you mean you're leaving early? There's, there's work to be done, and they can't compute. And if I mess up, why didn't you have my back? I, mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't get it. And and so you can get very dismayed by by you know, people. But again, we have the blueprint. We have the the people here. You know, the people of, of, of your generation um, and, and, and 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 older. That have had been through the mill and and have figured out how to how to build a a wonderful society. And again, you're going to Europe in September. You said before we, we got on air. Right. Um, I think you'll come back with a a slightly less rosy view 
of Spain and of Italy and of mm. France than you might have now because you're planning your vacation and it'll be wonderful and you'll go drink some funny left-wing beers that you're <laughs> dying to drink. And some wine. I am going to drink wine. You, you absolutely should drink wine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I like cab. So. But I think, you know, unless you're going to only the fanciest places, no. um, you'll, you'll find that people are living... Uh, less luxuriously than they are here they have less space they have the, there's there's great attention and and nasty stuff happens mm -hmm. you know it, it's we're we're in cotton wool here i mean nothing yeah it, we're, and, we're in an unreal part of of the world right yeah well i was born in st louis a few months later my dad got transferred to karachi pakistan to the embassy so my and luckily I don't I don't remember this I've been told by my family it's no, you I'm, do look a little Pakistani yeah I do saying so. I do but uh, we lived uh, actually in a uh, military compound family compound outside of Karachi for two years with a a stone wall and an iron gate and guards and they said it was just it was terrible there that's another story uh, need to wrap it up. Uh, I'm about to interview uh, two guys from the Campfire Fund. I don't know if you've heard of them. No, I haven't. Um, and I want to introduce you in between okay. here. They started it up two or three years ago. They had a good friend that um, committed suicide. And they started up this Campfire Fund to provide mental, resource, mental health resources to men. And not only just to provide them resources, but just, hey, it's okay as a guy, you know, because, and, you, and the reason why I bring this up, because of your work with the hero, with Dave, and I know you're, one of the main focuses is reducing veteran suicide, and so I think it kind of ties into that, and when it, you know, in a minute I'll introduce you to them, but there might be a good connection there for the two of you guys, or okay, the two you. of the groups. So. Just to quickly take yeah. up, the the veteran suicide is, is is totally out of control, and and you know it's it is between reportedly eight between eighteen and thirty one a day. Mm -hmm. So over a, a weekend, fifty people are going to take their own lives. Mm -hmm. Usually under the influence of drugs or alcohol. Usually it's a man. Usually it's a it's a gun to the head, sometimes it's a noose, sometimes it's a, it's a female. But these, these numbers have been like this for a couple of decades. Everyone's been doing these 22 a day, 22 a day, and they do 22 push-ups or 22 flights of stairs. And the numbers don't seem to be coming down. And in our view, a, a, a hero, and also in conjunction with CV with Niels Anderson, the answer is the answer that we are applying here in Pensacola. It is community. Mm -hmm. You have to connect these organizations so that someone who does rock climbing for the vets and someone who does skiing or whatever else, all these organizations and the mental health, they have to be connected. You've got to close the loop. And it is only by sharing the information and having a, uh, a community, a tribe of connected resources that are that need to serve you they have that need to serve but they also are connected so they can share the information they can share the learning 
I think that is the only way in which we can protect our communities. That's the only way in which we can prevent our young people from, and all our veterans, from wandering into the garage late at night and right. <clears throat> eating a Glock 9. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we definitely, we need to do better on that, so. Well, we, no, no, no. <clears throat> we all have the ability to do something. Right. And, and I think it's only when we, we embrace this, this sense of discomfort, if you will, and, and reach out and do our little bit. Because it's, it's not enough just to go, I will now shut up. I'm getting the shut up no. order from, from <laughs> Colonel Sharp over there. No, you're not. I just, we got these other guys waiting. So, uh, no, and this is definitely, and actually at, at some point, because uh, you have Freedom Quest coming up, uh, want to get you and Dave back on. <coughs> As we get closer to that, he talked about that when I had him on, uh, and and we can get into this deeper because you are both doing some really good work on that. Like I said, when we get done here, I'm going to introduce you to the folks from Campfire. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys can uh, work something out there, maybe get involved with each other a little bit. Um, but I appreciate you being on. No, thank you I've so enjoyed. much, Steve. Really appreciate it. Sir. And once again, glad to see you made it through the Fourth uh, of July holiday yeah very funny i didn't yeah. swear once okay you did i think you did once or twice because when i go back and edit it all actually but no you <laughs> did pretty good you did pretty good so yeah but i appreciate you man thank oh, you oh yeah yeah we'll have you back on soon yeah. thanks buddy bye bye and i'm sure loving murder by now oh i got 15 people wondering how the hell he make it out get his bucket of pain and I got $18 to my motherfucking name And it's not a life, it's a game And I'm a two-ton wrecking ball filled with pain And I got a lot to say Oh, when I'm still feeling good from yesterday So stand up If you're right on the crown Get down Make the doctor proud Stand up If you're right on the crown Get down Make the doctor proud Well, I don't know everything But I sure wish I did then every time I catch a case, I wouldn't pop off so much at the lid. I have my get out of jail card, pop cool, ready to go. And then I pay my tax and bail money, cause I'm a tax paying fool. So we gotta stand up, if you're right on the crown, get down, make the doctor proud. Stand